You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 36 of Archaeology Now, a free monthly public archaeology talk brought to you by Archaeology in the City, the community outreach program from the University of Sheffield's Department of Archaeology. This month, our guest speaker is David Templeman, speaking about the exploration of Sheffield's ancient village suburbs. Due to current COVID restrictions, this talk is taking place online via Google Meets, so there may be some background noise or audio feedback in our recording. Please note that there's also PowerPoint available for you to browse at your leisure. Enjoy! Tonight's talk is some ancient suburbs of Sheffield, so some uh, being the operative word. And there are just a random a random mix of different parts of Sheffield. Uh, like I said, they'll all get done eventually, but uh, not all together in this one evening. We're going to start with Attercliff. And although, of course, it's uh, very much an industrialised suburb, you'll get a real shock to find out just what a superb part of Sheffield this was. And it ranked alongside Sheffield in the Doomsday Book. And that's why I've actually put it on as first, because uh, with Sheffield was at a clive, meaning at the cliff, a small escarpment alongside the River Don. Up to the early 1800s, a pleasant country village. This was a description of it. The immediate surroundings are those of rural beauty and its scenery of hill and dale, of wood and water, of a most pleasing character. The clear flowing Don is well stocked with a variety of fish, and on both sides of the river are large or magnificent trees. The village is studded with plantations, orchards and fruit trees overhang the footpath in the main street. Up to the early 18th century, still remained a rural community known for its orchards, windmill, and the large houses, including the Old Hall, the New Hall, and Carlton House. These, we'll look at these three individually. 1860, we're into the Industrial Revolution now. And an inhabitant wrote, there was no prettier place for miles around than Attercliff. Fine houses, all finely wooded, made a picture difficult to match. Small busy workshops, pen and pocket knife makers, shops look small and country-like, the canal banks picturesque several farms and waving crops. Christchurch was built in 1826 and that was of course at the cliff. And there is Christchurch, and you can see the cliff directly in front of you there, directly in front of the church, I should say. Now you can't see that cliff anymore, but there you can see why it was called at the cliff. And the River Don, um, people fishing in it, salmon, absolutely idyllic place to be. Christchurch was bombed in the Second World War, and that's why it was lost. The only record we've got of uh, a windmill is the Astercliff one in actual picture records. There were four windmills in Sheffield, by the way. Um, if anybody ever finds any more than the four I'm going to refer to them, please let me know. Um, the one was near the university, the, the main university, at the big roundabout there. Uh, one was up near the Colra Monument, and one was North Sheffield near Firth Park. And this one, the old windmill at Atacliff, which is recorded in pictures. Oh, this map is about early 1900s, early 20th century, but it gives us a good idea what to look for. If you follow this cursor now, we're going to go down to the bottom left middle. Uh, you can see, I'll start right at the bottom left-hand corner, the main Atacliff Road from the Wicker out to Sheffield, going towards Atacliff. And you'll come along there and you come to what we call Staniforth Road, which leads up to Darnall. Now, where that meets, straight across there, is a place called Oaks Green. Now, that was the village green. As you can see, it's triangular in shape. 
They were all triangular in shape to village greens. There were two village greens in Uttercliffe, and this was one of them. And in it, as you go up Oaks Green with a cursor, you'll see a road straight to the left called Kimberley Street. And this is where was the, um, the first Carlton House was just at the top there. One of the houses we are going to look at in a short while. Now, Isotliffe is actually known for a lot of the old 1600 stone buildings still left around, more so than the Sheffield City Centre or Town Centre at the time. And this is the bear baiting pit. Now, if English heritage had been around before this was uh, demolished, then they would have certainly got a listing on it. The bear baiting pit uh, from the 1600s, long gone, I'm afraid, because they didn't get saved. The old hall uh, dated back to 1629. I will point this out on, on the map of Astercliffe again when we get round to it. Home of the Spencer family, one of the gentry family in, in Sheffield. The royalists captured Colonel Spencer and wanted £350 up to be paid for his release in 1642. Now, £350, multiply that by a, a, a numeral of 240. There's many, many thousands of pounds. Some of the parliamentarian soldiers actually stayed here on the eve of the siege of Sheffield Castle on the 3rd of August 1644. The hall was taken down in 1868, remembered by the name of Hall Hall Road, which I'll point out on the map when we get to it. Assetliffe Chapel was built in 1636 and that is still around today, by the way. Carlton House faced that first one I referred to, faced a large pleasure ground, gardens and pond, at the one atop of Kimberley Street, and was lived in and entertained right up to 1878. New Hall, uh, there's a road in Atta called New Hall Road, and that's obviously where it was, at a cricket ground, race course, bowling green, maze and lake. Many locals would take a horse-drawn shadowbank coach to New Hall Pleasure Grounds, an ideal way to spend a day's holiday. Kimberley Street was Oaks Green was for Carlton House. The suburb developed major communication links in the 19th century with turnpike and canal connections. Industry flourished with Benjamin Huntsman, one of the first of his works in Assetliff, the inventor of crucible steel, which not only changed Sheffield, but changed the world. This is shopping centre was Assetliff, um, next to the main shopping centre in Sheffield, who possibly rivalled it. They came from all, all different parts of Sheffield to go shopping in Assetliff. The Zion Chapel, that had Mary Ann Rawson buried there in the churchyard, the great campaigner against slavery. Thanks to the friends of Zion Chapel, they have now rediscovered it and it's been brought back and you can visit this. If you go on the website of Friends of Zion Chapel, you will be able to find all the details there. Uh, Assetliff suffered terribly from the Enclosure Act of 1811 uh, when many ancient footpaths were lost. Well, that, that, I'm afraid, affected a lot of suburbs. Carlton House, the one on uh, top of Kimberley Street on that uh, oak screen, that built in 1777, and there it is, uh, or was, how it would have looked. Now, going back to that map, I'll show you the others now, the, the two other halls. Uh, if you follow the curse, the bottom left hand, on right from the bottom left hand corner, I'm going up Assetliff Road, the main road going right through Assetliff. Uh, you come to this junction off it, and you can see it clearly Old Hall Road. Well, that's where the old, don't know exactly where it would have been there, but that's where it was. The other one, the New Hall Road, as you come down that road again, but this time to the left where the old baths was. You look straight down there and it says a new hall road and it was there. It was near the bridge. I know it was near the bridge, but I don't know which side the bridge. The bridge, there's the Don, there's a bridge over there. It was just around this area somewhere where the cursor is in the central middle there. That's the three halls. So this was this was probably, I think, the best of the lots by a long way. New hall. Owned by Mr. R. Swallow, approached by Swallow's Bridge, 1798. Gardens with beautiful lawns and lovers' walks, shaded by large trees and decorated with statues. The river had placid, clear water and suitable for boating and fishing. On the east side was a large lake, which acted as a foreground to pictorial representations of various fine cities. In the evenings, musical concerts were given, and the day's events finished with a large firework display. As you can see, that was uh, that was some place to go. 
Now, further up Attercliff, uh, well, this is the one coming from the Wicker as you come down uh, Attercliff Road, there's a place called Salmon Passages. And this is um, an actual um, drawing of it. And salmon was there. And it's now a nature reserve. And, and salmon has actually been rediscovered there. It's on the way from the Wicker down to Attercliff. And there is the recent, um, the recent one, I think it was either early 2019. Oh, I think it was then, yes. I think it may have been early last year before the uh, before we started, but it's very quite recent. And in front of the um, Midland Station now, there is uh, representations of, of the fish in, in, a, in a, a statuette there. It is a nature reserve now, Salmon Passages. And there is the very popular shopping centre of Assetlef, 1948. In the background is the famous Banner store, which is the Banner's building still there. Um, very famous in Sheffield. Everybody knew where the Banner store was. Great deep, deep armamental store. And the, the chapel is still around today. It's still there from the 1600s. And um, quite looking in quite good condition. It's quite a recent photo. The Zion Chapel I talked about earlier, originally built in 1805, rebuilt in 1863, burnt down, I'm afraid, in 1987. But the churchyard contains the grave of Mary Ann Rawson. Uh, um, maiden name was Reed, the anti-slave abolitionist. That was not, she was not just local, she was national um, slavery abolition. And there's a picture of the lady in her, in her later years. And a grave is here. I know it's upside down, but I'll pick out the, the writing for you if you follow the cursor. There it is, Mary Ann. And um, it will be the name of Reed, I think, the actual surname. But uh, there is the, I think she was 80, 86 or something like that when she died. She's in the family tomb there. Uh, it's a lovely little nature reserve there as well. Well worth a visit. It's open, I think, two Sundays a month. Uh, they've done a marvellous job, the Friends of Zion Chapel, and I'm a member of that, and uh, uh, I think they've done a great job. My connection to Acid Cliff, I was born there. Um, up to 11, I, I, that's where I lived. Um, the school was at the back, uh, well, to the left of the, the building at the top there, now being pulled down, called Maltby Street. And where these uh, ladies are, uh, that's where I was born and lived until 11. Not a very nice place to be to be brought up because the smoke um, and the, I was ill all the time. Um, but uh, salvation came when my my dad won the travel chance, which is equivalent to the lottery. He got eight drawers up and uh, transformed us all totally out of that to a brand new house, Woodhouse Miller Handsmith, with all the cows coming up to the bottom of the garden. It was just transformed all our lives. The police station was at the bottom here, and uh, so it was very safe. You didn't have to lock your doors at all when he went out, none at all. And right as on site, which caused all the problems for us, was Brown Bailey. It's a great steelworks that the Amers would start pounding at two o'clock in the afternoon, and all everything would shake off the mantelpiece and the grimes sort would go over the mother's washing. It would be, it was a nightmare to be, it really was. Let's go back to the map then, and um, we're looking at Sheep Fell there, and Attercliff is not on it, but the one we're going to pick out, and the one which, no, I mean, we can recognise them all, Tinsley, Hansworth, Leedless, Healy, Broomall, Olden, Stannington, Beechiff, Burley, Norton, the one we couldn't do was this one, Westbury. But uh, the Answorth Historical Society actually cracked it for me because it was Washford Bridge. This is very close to Aftercliff because it's between uh, the Wicker coming out of the Sheffield city centre towards Aftercliff. You come to uh, the first bridge, Washford Bridge, and that's what Westbury was. Name implies was once a point where the river was forded. It's a long-established crossing point, lying as it does on the line of an old pack horse and later turnpike road. It was the third stone bridge to be built. The original bridge was built of wood in the early 1500s, damaged in a small battle at the start of the Civil War. I've never seen confirmation of that, but uh, I have put that in. Prior to the siege of Sheffield Castle in 1644, first stone bridge was built in 1672, a little upstream of where Elizabeth Rhodes' house once stood, and we're going to look at that uh, in a very short while. 
the, the inscription we're looking for are the, are the initials ER. The old house, ER, was built in 1671 in Charles II's time, and later to be the Fleur de Lien. Now, this is an old um, pack horse trail with the, you can see the horses and carts here as well. And one of the, one of the first stone bridges is, is this one there. Winkabank Hill is the one in the distance, by the way. And there is the uh, Elizabeth Road. So if you look, follow the cursor, you'll see ER 1671 over the doorway there and became the Fleur de Lien eventually. It's called the Old House at Washwood Bridge and was well there, I think, right up to the early 20th century. And um, again, this is a, a side view of it all. There it is, ER 1671, which you can see it very clear there, with a very, that would be an original door as well from that date. I'm going to move on to Darwin now, which abuts up to Assetliff. This has got um, some superb history to it, although you probably wouldn't think it, you drive through it. Formerly a small village derived from Dernhall, a secluded nook of land, so easy to see where Darnall comes from. No mention of the Doomsday Book, yet there was a Dardanel family in the gentry of Henry III's reign, 1641, William Spencer of Attercliffe Hall acquired the manor, the gentry family, the Spencers. The Staniffiths built a hall in the centre of the village in 1723, long since demolished. House became the residence of Henry Howard, father of the Duke of Norfolk. 1845 became a lunatic asylum before a house again. I always think I wouldn't like to have um, gone in the house again after it being a lunatic asylum. Certainly wouldn't. And um, this is the one, actually that one earlier on should be, is this one. I've got it in the wrong order. This is the dated doorway of the Donald Old Hall, built by Samuel Stanley Road, of course, is named after him, which goes down to uh, Assetliff. Dates is above the doorway here. And Lower Port of Stanleyfirth Road was called Penfold Lane. That's interesting because there's about 30-odd Penfolds in the South Yorkshire Directory. The Penfolds are where they um, was impounded stray animals. Um, near every village, every town had Penfolds and uh, some more than once. And you had to pay a, a fine to get them back. It's when they were letting pigs run over, this round, run over the streets and that, and th things of that nature. And there it is in the uh, 18, late 1800s, Stanley for Fall. I'd like to put up a few anecdotes to break the tour cup. And uh, let's have a look at a few Darnell ones, though. Any sort of um, misdemeanours were tried at York Castle. I'm talking about like a Crown Court one. I'm not talking about local one. Uh, the smaller offences. And York Castle record showing 1775, John Vickers of Assetliff charged with robbing John Staniforth. There's a Staniforth name again. Of Donald Reed, three shillings and sixpence, 17.5 pence in new money. A sack containing horn for nice scales, a leg of mutton, six pounds of sugar, and some flax. Also stole from a John Murphy, hanged. One of Donald's sons was a William Walker who died here in 1700, reputed to be, he was not just reputed, he was the executioner of King Charles I, but he kept a very low key, apparently. He didn't want people um, knowing about it. And there's a nice local one here. It had, uh, Donald's was noted for its greyhound, uh, greyhound track, and a report from, uh, apparently, this, uh, the owner wasn't satisfied how his greyhound was running, and he took the greyhound to the local vet. And on examination, the, um, just go back to that again. On examination, the greyhound was reputed to have been given two legs of Welsh lamb, fresh eggs, wine, sherry, and port. And the owner said, it's not right, you know, this dog, it's not right by the minor. And I think the local vet just ushered him out and said, get this diet right. <clears throat> I Hazel's Park, which is one I used when I was living in Astrid, there was no greenery at all. It would take what half an hour to get to uh, any sort of greenery, <clears throat> and that's where we used to descend on a Sunday to play football and other games. It's a fine country house by Hazel's, come by Captain Jeffco, the first Lord Mayor of Sheffield, by the way. He was a very high uh, um, industrialist, regardless of cost. When first opened as a public park, it was one of the finest parks in Sheffield. 
Nearby was an ancient cricket ground belonging to Mr. Vickers, where many great matches were played. And this is what uh, really escalates on, which I will, I will elaborate on it in a minute. In the 1860s onwards, Donald was inhabited for the most part by farmers and persons employed in the coal mines, Chapel and Stanifeth being the main employers. Eventually, like Attercliffe, lost all traces of the pleasant country village it once was. The theme that runs through the, all these uh, suburbs, of course, is just how nice they were and remember them as they were. Uh, this is High Hazels. It's still a nice park today, by the way. There's nothing, nothing wrong with High Hazels. And there, this is now uh, belongs to the Tinsley Park Golf Club, I understand, the um, Captain Jeff Cox place. And that's Captain Jeff Cox, which is a portrait of him actually hangs in the uh, town hall, the first Lord Mayor of Sheffield. High Hazels was his place. And so all the parades what came through, Darn and Attercliffe would, would make their way to High Hazels. It was the only real park around. Um, and this was no exception, a May Day parade. But we need to look at Donald because this is so a really important piece of history, this. If I told you that Donald's cricket ground was second best to Lords, the second best to Lords in England. And this has become Bell's Life, the big uh, cricket journal, described as the second to none among English cricket grounds. That's shown in the picture. It's the second at Donald. I'll show you the picture in a minute. The first was opened by Mr. Steer in 1821. That was very near the parkway, that one. But in the following year, the stand collapsed and two spectators were killed, making a larger ground nearby, which was the one we're going to look at, ready for play in 1824. Now, I'm just going to quickly run through all this. It could seat up to 8,000 people. It put on Old England versus 22 of the Yorkshire Sussex ring. But oh, this was the important one. It was underarm bowling. But they had experimental matches at Donald, resulting in the change of the laws to permit bowling from the height of the shoulder. It was here at Donald where it all took place. However, for the simplest of socio-economic reasons, the ground failed. Donald was three miles from the centre of Sheffield. The Hyde Park ground was only a mile and a half. Had a greyhound track there and athletics were done there. And the cricket was played there with Yorkshire and uh, was the great ground. So no great uh, cricket was played at Donald after 1829. So it was only there for five years, but... Uh, Certainly, there it is in its heyday. Uh, Donald Cricket Ground. It, it's actually underneath now Donald Cemetery. If you ever find Donald Cemetery, that's where the Cricket Ground was. The interesting thing is this was before the experimental um, overarm bowling because this gentleman here is bowling underarm, as you can see where the cursor is. But it was Donald what brought forward uh, overarm bowling. And this next two lords, the best cricket ground in England. Further up Darnall, as you go towards Handsworth, just at the roundabout before you head up to, uh, sorry, where the partway is, the partway roundabout there, uh, is uh, Bowden Housestead's Wood, which you go past on the partway, of course, where the uh, new fire station is. Uh, ancient woodland, uh, I'm going way back, uh, probably 16th, probably even before then. There's a woodman's cottage here at the entrance of Bowden Alstead Wood. We certainly know it goes back to the 16th century, now classified as a nature reserve, and the car brook runs through it, which is still there today. Ancient woodland, and uh, very surprised they allowed the fire station to go in it, because I would have thought it would have been protected. And this is a bit of the great Sheffield Deer Park. If we go to the bottom part, you'll see the blue line here at the bottom right-hand bottom corner on the east side here, and that is the Carbrook, which went right through to the Carbrook Hotel in Great um, in Men's Wall. So just at that roundabout, then as you go to uh, just below the Asda where the park is, there was a, a swimming pool there, believe it or not, right in the middle of that, that would be the roundabout. And that was done in 1926 by the miners in the general strike. And they, they lined it with wood and uh, tires and all sorts of stuff. And apparently it was very well used just to idle the way of the time, I think. We're going to go on to Healy now. Um, what am I? favourite suburbs on this on this talk so far is this one. 
It would have been a dispersed hamlet, a group of farms attached to a common path or spring. First recorded in 1343, probably much older, deriving from Healy, Egley, then Healy, meaning a high woodland clearing from 1553, name as it is today. Divided into three, Upper Healy, Healy Top, Middle Healy, Well Road, uh, Gleedless Road, and Lower Healy, the ones we, we know probably best, the one uh, near Ponsford, London Road, Artisan View, Healy Bottom. A village nestled on the hillside around the church in Green, very idyllic place to be. Uh, the parish church dates back to 1848, a little known fact is that one of the founders of modern football, Nathaniel Creswick, is buried in the churchyard of Healy Parish Church. And in the, in the yard are buried um, many, many young children in unmarked graves, probably from a, a plague at that time. This is Nathaniel Creswick then, Sir Nathaniel Creswick, English footballer, co-founder Sheffield FC, the oldest football club in the world. In 1857, with William Prest, he established the Sheffield Rules, which were highly influential upon the modern laws, so and the founder of the Hallamshire Rifles. There's some nice uh, old cottages, which pictures of which are no longer there now, Healy Common, uh, built around 1673 on Bleedless Road. This is the one we probably know best, the one um, at the bottom of London Road where um, Ponsford's is. Ponsford's, if you follow the cursor, would be somewhere around just about here where the cursor is. The uh, White Lion and Red Lion pubs are still there, and um, that's one of them, and the other one's further down. They're still there. And the, the uh, sheaf, of course, still runs through which is story. probably the course has altered somewhat, but there's the, there's the sheave where the railway, uh, the railway um, runs alongside it. Uh, this is a, a, a real cracking one, this one. It's um, 1855 by a lad here. Um, this lad here is uh, Highfield, which is on the on facing Bramall Lane, and he's looking towards Healy. And this is the main road which we know. Where Ponsford, and these are the pubs, the red line and yellow line. Um, Ponsford would be around about here. Um, I'm going up to uh, Meadowhead, not up to Meadowhead uh, in the distance. Uh, but this gives you uh, some idea of uh, how little, how little buildings, how few buildings there were around at this time. Um, this is the one at Avlock Bridge, which leads onto Bramall Lane, just on the left hand side here. Here's the state, it's not well inhabited in 1855. There aren't a lot of buildings there. Not a lot of buildings there. Very idyllic place to be. Olive Grove. Um, probably people do not realise this. This is the one um, bottom of East Bank Road, um, just at the beginning of Healy. They, in the, in the, this is where Sheffield Wednesday played their matches in, up, to, up from 18, what, 1880 to about 18, 1880-something to about 1898, I think it was. And they won the FA Cup uh, in 1896, I think it was, or 1895. The first team in Yorkshire to win the FA Cup, and they won it from this ground, this ground here. And there's an actual plaque on the surveyor's department on uh, uh, Chicago, um, East Bank Road from Bottom Ramble Road, of course, we're talking about, and uh, going then up to East Bank. Um, this is the ground. And Sheffield FC, of course, started not far away, not on this particular ground, but just a little bit to the right. Their football ground was to the right of the first, the oldest football club in the world. And Sheffield FC then moved, of course, to Hillsborough. They had a choice of Carbrook or Hillsborough. And for some, I don't know what the reason why they chose Hillsborough, but Carbrook was, uh, was on equal terms with us at the time. But there is a plaque on the Surveyor's Department there. This is the mere, the Mears book runs through there as well, and uh, lovely settings in, in Healy. Healy Tilt Mill, there were two mills we're going to talk about. The Tilt Mill uh, over the sheaf, 1567, used to power Cutler's Wheels and a wire mill. Healy Wheel is the other one used to run Cutler's Wheels from the 17th century. From there was a thickly wooded bank extent to Myrtle Road Bridge, which is Avlock Bridge to us. Uh, in this wood, the one that what leads to uh, uh, Bramall Lane. In this wood, early 19th century murder was committed, captured and hanged at York Castle again. 
all around this area were pasture lands and cornfields, right up to East Bank. Uh, spa wells, uh, a thing I would always come across and will come across in this talk is that Sheffield could have easily have been a spa town. There are so many examples of spa wells, it's untrue, and um, we'll be talking about someone in, in forward in a bit, but uh, here was no exception, no exception at all. Remembered by Well Road, Wellhead, and Springwood Road, representing the, the wooded area we've just been talking about. Now this is a tilt mill, a beautiful setting with the swans and ducks on it, a tilt mill in the background there, and a gorgeous setting. Um, uh, Guernsey Road is the one as you come over Havelock Bridge towards Bramall Lane, turn left where Halfords is, that little um, industrial estate, and this is where the tilt mill would have been, Guernsey Road. So if you look at it here, um, with the cursor again, um, We've got, this is the one where Halford sits. Uh, this is uh, Havelock Bridge going to Bramall Lane here. And if you turn left, you go over that little estate, right at the top there would have been the tilt mill, just about there where the cursor is, right in the centre, right in the centre there. That's where the tilt mill would have been, spot on. And this is a lovely plan in 1770 by Fairbanks, and oh, I spent a lot of time on these maps. The Turnpike Road is the main road going through Healy, uh, London Road, and Toll Bar is just further up. Um, um, Ponsford's will be around about here where the cursor is. And you can now see the Mill Dam clearly there, which we talked about on Guernsey Road there. And there are lots of different meadows and people's land, John Spooner's lands. There are very few buildings, as you can see, as we saw from that earlier map, 1770. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I can only count nine buildings in Healy. Nine buildings on that map. This covers most of Healy. Nine buildings. The toll bar is uh, clearly shown there. We're going to look at that in a short while, so just bear that in mind, the toll bar. A lovely old map, Little London, Little London Road, uh, near Bramall Lane. And an idyllic cottage on the sheaf, on the side of the sheaf. That'll be one of the buildings we've just looked at on that map. Here it's Old Bar, 1757. I should have just shown it on that on the map. Uh, bottom of Albert Road, uh, A61 uh, boundary. Uh, originally it was the division between Derbyshire and Yorkshire. Eventually they moved the boundary up to uh, Meadowhead. Toll bar, note of a well, this was not just a Healy, by the way. There were a recipe for robberies, the toll bars, the annual quite a lot of cash. 1839, about 8 p.m., Robert Turner of Norton was stopped by five ruffians who took his hat, umbrella, and 15 shillings, 75 pence in money. On another evening, a man called Trickett, a fish dealer by several men, was stopped and robbed of five shillings and sixpence, 27 and a half p, you know, in currency. Just off Leaders Road was Healy Hall. Uh, we'll look at the picture in a second. An ancient 15th century building, all traces long gone. Behind where the Shakespeare Hotel still stands, the Shakespeare. Uh, top of Oak Street, Well Road. Well Road again, indicating the spa wells. Glorious aspects. Glorious aspects of hill and dale, also woodland and moorland. And opposite the crown was the Tilbar, which is uh, just past Ponswas again, as you go up towards uh, uh, on London Road. The Shakespeare further up the hill, which is Middle Healy. And it was behind there, Healy Hall was behind the Shakespeare. And I did look round, apparently there is something a bit left, but not a lot, so I did look round and I got a photo. Uh, behind, if you go round that side and round there, um, there is, this is the hall, uh, in 1893. And this is the last remnants of it. Uh, this is the last stone and uh, um, obviously using wood as the girder there where we would put steel or uh, girder or concrete girder in. That's the last part of Healy Hall. The corn mill is that other building uh, I referred to, the tilt mill and the corn mill. The corn mill is the one would have been opposite where Ponsford is on the opposite side where the railway bridge is. Uh, that's a, that's before, obviously before the railway was built. That's where the corn mill was, looking towards the white line and um, the red line. The white line is the one, isn't the other ones further up. 
And that's a picture of it uh, looking up from the sheaf back up to the, the corn mill. The two burn buildings, the tilt mill and the corn mill. And uh, they were called up and at them in Healy because they had uh, this thing, especially when the boundaries was Yorkshire and Derbyshire near the thing where they could just hop over the other side. When the rent collector came, um, they would hide, they would knock on each other's walls and it would go right to the top and some of them would hop over the, um, the um, toll bar boundary and just mimo up to the rent collector. You can't get me now, I'm in Derbyshire. But they got wise to that and moved it up to Meadowhead in the end, or up and an atom. I don't know why that why that terminology comes from. Crooks lies near the course of Roman Road from Templeborough to Bruff on No Now Lidget Lane. Uh, main road is over a thousand years old from the Viking word Crookia, 980 AD, meaning nook or corner of land. Area was recorded in Doomsday Book. Crocus the Nook. Crook's self-contained village from the 16th century until the end of the 19th century. This area was sparsely settled until the 1790s. The fields were in a remarkable state of preservation when a turnpike road was opened from Sheffield to Glossop, running by Crook's south end. Totally untouched until the late 1790s. Headland Road and Headland Drive refer to the medieval open fields that survived in this area. In the 19th century, Crooks became a popular holiday spot for residents of Sheffield to escape the soot and grime of the town due to its out-of-city location. In 1855, it referred to the health benefits of Crooks country because it was obviously in a much elevated position than uh, the Sheffield nestling in the bottom. Thomas Asleen Ward, the editor of the local Sheffield newspaper, Wrote to a friend in 1855, I find that your son has taken a partner and gone to Crook for the country air. I'm sorry his wife requires it and hope her health will soon be restored. This is just an, uh, an episode of going up to Crooks to take the air because she, the uh, wife is ill. 1887, a Bronze Age urn containing human bones, a small, this is the burial uh, effects. A small copper and damaged bronze knife were found in the, in, a, in the ground near Old Tinker Lane, led from the top of Crooks towards River Bowl Hills. That's in Western Park Museum. Bowl Hills gives some superb views, superb views over, over the uh, surrounding valleys. And that's another view from them. Crooks Moor is the interesting part though, of Crooks, I think. Chiefly noted because of its reservoirs and racecourse. The 1700s water from much of the township of Sheffield was from the reservoirs on Crooks Moor. Conveyed in wooden pipes, then ironed to a central system on Division Street. From there it was transferred to casks fixed on wheelbarrows, each holding about 50 amps, which were taken about the town by men who gained a livelihood selling water. A pail full of water cost one penny. Now, the people in Sheffield did kick, of it, did kick on this, saying, why should we have to pay for water? But you've got to do, the alternative was to trail to a spa well. Uh, you wouldn't go to an ordinary well because it would be co probably contaminated water. But then having to fill, you know, queue, fill your pail up, bring it back. Why, when you could pay a penny and have it delivered to your door? Numerous natural springs in the area. And this is why they chose uh, Crooks, because they got they could put, I think, I forget how many reservoirs were put there. Probably at least eight reservoirs were put in there. 1830, Ad Field Service Reservoir Crooks, 600 foot above sea level, um, capacity 5.5 acres. So if you look down from Crooks, this is an interesting one. Uh, this is the new dam here, which is the um, where just past Western Park Museum, where the um, Sheffield University playing fields were. They're now being built on, of course, at the moment. And in the bottom is the boating lake, the Crooks Dam boating lake. Well, that was the old dam, the old dam. And you can see in the distance the old um, Royal Infirmary. This is the Royal Infirmary, I think, this one to the left. One of these two, anyhow, I can't remember which one it is. One of these is the Royal Infirmary. And um, Western Park Museum would be up on this, this top here. And you can see the old main road from Crooks going down towards Sheffield there. And um, Dam, Dam House Restaurant, which is still around today in the central there. That's Dam House. 
and Sheffield obviously still quite industrialised. This is, you know, well into the Industrial Revolution now, mid-19th century. And you can see why people want to get out of the grime and smoke to go up to this lovely area of crooks on an elevated position and with cows and fields for miles around. Very, very nice indeed. And that's a, that's a, a proper map of it. Um, number two is the new dam where the university sports ground is. Um, just a um, Western Park Museum here, um, sorry, here, and then the uh, sports ground, which is now being built on with the new university uh, uh, complex. I think they've had big problems. I don't know whether it's a waterlock course a problem, but they've had big problems and that. The old grey dam is the boating lake now in Crook's bottom there. That was the original dam. There are many more dams than these. These are just highlighting two. And the dam house is the one I, I, I singled out on that map. Um, it was back, it was closed, it will reopen, but whether it will reopen again, I've no idea. Um, the Sheffield Races, the main race course in Sheffield, was a very big race course. Um, and we'll look at it now. We're running a course on the old Crooks Mall near Oak Brook Road, last race, 1781. Lots of the Cubs are in, um, where are they now? They're in uh, Western Park Museum, some of them. And uh, Cutler's Hall. Cutler's Hall is the main one, I think. Started in 1711 by the town trustees. Believed to get people away from cop-fighting, bull-baiting and bear-baiting. Well, yeah, but it's silly, silly, it's a great form of gambling. <clears throat> After 1765, £12 play was prize money, but after 1765, cups of £50 or more given annually, and that was quite a decent sum of money in those days. Stretched from Entley Fail Road to the present Crooks Junction, three-day festival, best viewing point, the site of Hallam Towers Hotel, just below it, because it was on a steep bank, and you could see they, they went round about three times, only about a mile round, I would think, and they went round about three times. Wooden grandstand, 34 foot wide, 54 foot long, wingspan starting Lawson Road, just near Manchester Road, that one. And we can tell them if anybody wants to knock on the doors, <laughs> number eight and number 10, that's where the grandstand was. And this is a nice plan of it. Um, the line of the race course, uh, Holland Towers here, Fulwood Road, Manchester Road, and you can see Lawson Road is that first road as you come down from Manchester Road. So the grandstand would have been just in there, there, and the, this is the dotted line is where the race course worse went right through through Passaboodale School, through Entliff Crescent, uh, up through Fullwood Road as well, and uh, past Allen Towers, uh, Manchester Road ground there. Uh, probably just over a mile and went round two or three times. But a uh, very important race course for Sheffield, that one, uh, long gone. And I'm doing it on a modern map, <clears throat> on a modern map, <clears throat> and um, you can see quite clearly now where it, where it goes. Manchester Road here, Fullwood Road here, the shops here, and um, Lawson Road there. That's where the grandstand would have been, just there, because the finishing post was somewhere around this area. Nice to have a look at uh, something when you drive through these places and you can reflect back on uh, on what was there before, isn't it? That's why I always think I love this idea where you can just reflect back on uh, like driving through Darnwell, thinking about the cricket ground, driving through um, Fullwood Road and thinking about the Sheffield races and, of course, the um, reservoirs. Fullwood was originally an Anglo-Saxon settlement <clears throat> with a name originating from the old English language Fullwooda meaning wet, marshy woodland. However, there are other interpretations of the name are foul, dirty wood and folkswood from the Old English folk. So there's a couple ones here you can choose from. Prior to the Norman Conquest, Fulwood was part of the massive estate of the Anglo-Saxon Earl Waltheof, the last Saxon lord in Sheffield. After the Earl's execution in 1066 for his part in the Earl's Revolt, the estate was awarded to Norman Roger de Boosley, who owned most of Yorkshire. Fulwood was mentioned in documents of 1297, when Thomas de Furnival established the Burger of Sheffield and built the castle. He stated there an abbot of Fulwood, Fulwood, and be granted herbage and foliage throughout the whole of Rivering Chase. Rivering Chase was the big forest, the big hunting uh, part, and Fulwood uh, was part of Rivering Chase, to be honest with you, just take an extension of Rivering Chase. 
The Fox family built Fullwood Hall on the north side of the Mayfield Valley. It was one of the first large houses in the area and is believed to date from the 15th century. Stumpelo Hall, recorded as far back as 1397 by the Mitchell family, who have been landowners in the area since the 14th century. The hall was completely rebuilt in 1854 by Henry Isaac Dixon. This is the interesting part about Fullwood. And we get back to our old friend, the spa town of Sheffield, the great spa town of Sheffield. During the ravages of the 1666 Great Plague, Fullwood Spa became a popular resort for people alarmed by the spread of the disease. The spa was a spring of mineral water situated in the Porter Valley near the present day Whiteley Lane. It was created by Thomas Eaton and covered the spring with a building. And it was there for people to take the waters very well documented. In fact, I've got, you know, if I was doing this talk as a physical one, I've got all the leaflets on this stuff, but I can't do it because I'm doing it uh, by digital means. So you could buy the maps and, and the leaflets on all these things. I've got them all on the race course, on the forward spa, where it was and everything. Stumpelow Hall, there it is in its magnificence. One what has survived is Bennett Grange. It changed hands for, I think, seven figures not long ago. Harrison Lane Fullwood, plaster cast in the dining room, give the date 1518, 1663, belonged to Helen Hall of Fullwood, later passing to the Hines. In 1730, Helen Hines left it to her daughter Mary Bennett. Bennett Grange and Harrison Lane was built 400 metres to the west of Fullwood Hall in 1580. Over the years, it belonged to the Hall. Hind and Bennett families being added to over the years and still stands today overlooking the Mayfield Valley. Like I say, it changed hands not, not that long ago or quite a, a, a large sum of Right, I'm just going to pull one more in before I finish, which is Wadsley Bridge, because I like to do the uh, stepping stones here. Um, derived from the old English Wadsley, meaning Wads Forest Clearing. Anglo-Saxon lord called Aldine, but at the time of the Doomsday Book, Wasteland. Robert de Wadsley was lord and his family carried on under Henry VI. Wadsley Hall dated back to the 15th century and had owners such as the Earls of Shrewsbury, the Dukes of Norfolk and the Cressic family, much altered in 1722 by George Bamforth. So Wadsley Bridge, there you can see it, it's quite clear on the map. Wadsley Bridge, F is always the S in the old thing there. There it is clearly shown. And um, there is the hall um, before it was pulled down. And another one, which again has been lost. But Wadsley Bridge, I need to show you this one because this has got the stepping stones. This is the one I need to get to. Um, was a ford across the Don for cattle and carts with a row of stepping stones known as the Lepping Stones for pedestrians. Now, people don't know whether they're actually leaping stones, leaping from stone to stone, or actual stepping stones. Nobody seems to know the answer to that. Later, a wooden bridge was built, built for repairs. The bridge dated 1716, 1748, 1762. Stone bridge replaced the wooden one in the 19th century. Wadsley Bridge was named after High Bridge, a bridge near the eastern end of Ollerton. The original description was the hamlet near the bridge at Wadsley, not the present railway bridge, not the present railway bridge. This one's gone now, the original bridge. These are the stones which I'd like to finish off on because uh, they are well documented, they're no longer there, but uh, these are the stones we, we across the ford on. Like you say, you could step on them, or, or did you actually leap on them? We don't know exactly. Uh, the, and there is the bridge, which we've just been talking about, the bridge. And you can see there were, wasn't very far from the uh, Sheffield Wednesday football ground, the main the main entrance, I'm not talking about the football ground, where the office is the, where you go into the cafe, if you have a wedding and things like that, the main, the main structure, not the actual football ground, the main structure, just up there where you have to go over the bridge and to get in a little uh, pedestrian bridge. Well, it's just up from there. These were the, where the stones were. Uh, stocks, though, I've got, I think, the six stocks are left over Sheffield. This is at the Wadsley Jack uh, in that area. And um, they were mainly for just um, small uh, Demeanors where you've been drunk or something overnight or shamed and uh, people threw rotten tomatoes and that at you. 
I'm just going to finish off here and just very quickly run through because it's the last one. East of Wadsley lies Oland, arrived from Allerton, meaning a farmstead by the elder, early Strawberry Ralph at Sheffield, Sheffield, Bob Manson, the Cressics again, 1534. They lived at Olderton Hall, demolished in 1930. In the 18th century, a well of holy water said to have wonderful medicinal powers. People in large numbers went to Oland to partake of the waters, drinking on the spot or taking them away. Now, this is another good example of spa water. This is not really holy water. This is spa water, uh, like Buxton water, where it can really do you good. And uh, like I said, they, they were just all over the place in Sheffield, these, these spa wells. The Burgoyne Arms lived a giant man named the Hill, seven foot eight inches tall, over 29 stone, and a spa well again nearby. The Burgoyne Arms has now gone, been demolished. Holliston Hall, Bradfield Road, prior to the demolition of the 1930s, was probably built around 1534 by Thomas Cresset. Manor Courts were held here for more than a century. Stone used at Woodthorpe Hall, which is not far from where I live at Drumfield, because uh, it's at uh, Holmesfield. Burley House is a Georgian-style building on Broughton Road in the Oldham District of Sheffield. It's the oldest building in the Oldham and Hillsborough area. Georgian and built wholly from brick, which was one of the first ones to be built from brick in Sheffield. And there's the original uh, Orlison Hall, which is now gone. And this is the extension to Woodthorpe Hall, which was taken from virtually a skip. As the owner of Woodthorpe Hall was going past and seen it being demolished, he said, could I take some of that stone from my, from my Woodthorpe Hall? And it, there it is, the porch. Very good state, Burley House. They built a, a, a Georgian courtyard around it, but the original house is that one. Uh, very nicely built. So the last slide tonight is what I'm going to pick up on in later slides when we get on to the real North Sheffield is the Great Sheffield Flood, one of the great disasters of Sheffield. And uh, the North of Sheffield really uh, caught it in great intensity. But that's for another talk on the ancient suburbs. So what I want you to do tonight is just think about what we've talked about and try and reflect on when you, you know, if you're going through these, but you might have been born there, you might have lived there, or, or just drive through there. But try and reflect on some of the aspects we've talked about. The great cricket ground at Darnall, the reservoirs at Crooks, the uh, Fullwood with its wonderful spa town, well, not spa town, but um, spa resort it was. They've all got different connotations, these uh, suburbs, you know. Even Assisliff, idyllic with the new wall, the old hall and Carlton House. So please try and reflect on these and we've got many more talks to come on this but that is the theme we need to do is to bring back the great old Sheffield as it once was thank you very much thank you for listening to Archaeology Now for more information about our podcast and guest speaker please visit our page on the Archaeology Podcast Network you can get in touch with us at Archaeology in the City on Facebook, WordPress, Instagram, or Twitter. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Next month, our talk will be Chris Corker speaking on Making the Armament Center of the World, 1860-1914. See you next time. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV Traveling America, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.